Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tapcalf Transmissions. My name is Justin, joined, as always, by my lovely and loving co-host, Corey. How are you today? Fine, sir? Uh, I'm I'm doing great. I prefer cozy co-host, but... Uh, cozy co-host, okay. But yeah, <laughs> so uh, we've, got, we've got a Darth Bane to talk about, and I'm still feeling edgy. I finished this last night. Uh, were, you, were you edging all night? Justin, we talked about this. <laughs> off stream, off stream. Product hasn't emailed us for months. Now <laughs> it's all the edging talk. But uh, yeah, we're talking about Darth Bane book two, uh, rule of two, which continues the story of book one. After I think, what is it? A ten year time gap, maybe? Uh, well, we start off like right after, like same mm, day, and right. then there's a ten year gap after a few right. chapters. Uh, we were supposed to talk about this book last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, then there was the Star Squadron Wars Squadrons Star. at Gamescom thing, so we did a separate live stream of that. The audio didn't make a very good podcast, kind yeah. of the same situation as we had with the Halo Infinite episode. I'll put uh, a link so... in the uh, podcast description to the YouTube uh, VOD, though, if yeah. you guys want to check that out. So that was just us two and uh, former TapCalf guest, Charlie, who did invite me if we ever do a TapCalf live I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast. No, I don't think so. But after another stream that we do once, uh, Charlie, who is the editor and the other guy we work with on X2, one of the gaming channels we do, uh, and Charlie was nice enough to invite me to uh, TapCalf <laughs> Live if it happens. So uh, yeah. there's something to look forward to. I have confirmed that if we do a TapCalf Live, I will be the special guest. You do have Charlie's permission to show up, which is yeah. nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're doing this this week, and then next week, I believe we are talking about a little guy named Thrawn? Yes. Um, did you, have you bought your copy of the book yet? I'm just trying to uh, find mine. I, I haven't, because I, I was just waiting for the email to come with it, and, uh, never did, so. Wow. Um, kind of rude of Delray, but the title is, it, it's a long one, that's why I was looking for my book. It's Star Wars, Star Wars Thrawn. Thrawn. Ascendancy, Ascendancy, Chaos, chaos rising. rising, Book One, The Rising, <laughs> Chaos the, is a Ladder, The Leavening, <laughs> Chapter One, Part One. But yeah, so it's it's a very very long title. I think there's legitimately the title then three subtitles, so that's pretty uh, that's pretty wild. We will be covering that next week. It's a pretty long book, I think. So mm. hopefully we got lots of time to cover that. And then the week after that, we will be back to Darth Bane with Book three um and then i don't think we've just dynasty of evil yeah i don't think we've discussed what we'll be doing after that have we maybe close to trilogy perhaps possibly but we have uh we have a little bundle of joy to look forward to and on top of charlie yeah you're gonna be having another kid that's right that's right yeah still a few uh, i think what kelsey's 33 weeks so yeah seven weeks but it could take us considering that this was supposed to be last week and we're still planning two books after this, it could very easily be a few more weeks and we'll have some topical episodes Mm -hmm. before then. But uh, we were talking about how at that point we're going to get more into comics to kind of lighten the load on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we we could do Callista before then. Honestly, newborn baby is really easy. Like, like, the, the sleeping part is tough, but like... A new new puppy is harder, and obviously, like <laughs> I'm speaking as a man, I obviously can't breastfeed. I've tried; it doesn't work. 
<laughs> but so, so but like it, it's obviously harder if you, if you're have to wake up and do that so i'm not trying to take away from that but it's just it's a lot of basically when you get a new kid at least what we do is we basically just like we we just nest up um and so i think i'm gonna try to take two or three weeks off from everything but then after that it should be pretty pretty much back to normal Hmm. um yeah so with that being said is there any topical news you wanted to discuss i'm trying to think we've really gotten anything confirmed mandalorians coming out in october which is yeah, nice because i we was were, a little little worried we were going to be doing uh, an episode on the mandalorian trailer that we were absolutely yeah, sure right? like, i was told by you that you had 100 percent certainty definitely listen, coming out that day listen this is exactly how i remember the conversation going is that is that not what happened no, I relied on the uh, the influencers and the insiders, and uh, once again, I was led astray. And I relied on a specific influencer and outsider. I don't. I don't claim to be either of those things. You don't claim to be an influencer, but you are. So, yes. Like you yes. even went on TikTok. So come on. Listen, X two went on TikTok. It's mostly Charlie's jokes. Anyway, um, I I wonder if we'll actually get a Mandalorian trailer though. Like, it seems kind of weird that they haven't dropped anything yet. Um, yeah. There's been a like, lot of maybe Disney Maybe a teaser news. beforehand, but... Yeah. I was even watching, like, Nintendo Direct, maybe see if there was something that was going to drop on that, but it was all Mario. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because usually, like, they often will drop stuff during NBA playoffs because, you know, there's a lot of people glued to the TV, but ratings are down, so maybe there's just not been a good point yeah. for them to drop it. Who knows? And there's been, you know... A lot of good and bad news because there's like right now Disney's got the I think they're pushing Mulan pretty hard on Disney Plus. And to be honest, like this isn't a cable show. People are on Disney Plus, so it's like already. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense to compete with yourself. So they'll probably wait until the Mulan run is down. And then, of course, there is the unfortunate passing of the the actor from Black Panther, Chadwick Mm -hmm. Boseman. So... That could have interfered with plans. Hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the season. Yeah, should be good stuff. And we'll have episodes then. We'll have the long-awaited television overview episode at some point, maybe. Uh, yeah. We keep we keep wanting to do it and then kind of putting it off because we're th- that kind of people. But uh, yeah. But Darth Bane. Yeah. What do you think about him? I, I was telling you before the, the stream that I took one note for this book and it was getting a headache to own the libs because <laughs> obviously not owning the libs, but it's just like, you know, that meme where it's like doing whatever to own the libs. It's like Darth Bane has this really bad sort of like migraine after experiencing the thought bomb at the end of book one. And he's like, I could heal myself, but that'd be some Jedi shit. So it's like, it's not, he's not really having a headache to own the libs. It's having a headache to, uh, to own the Jedi, which I I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Overall, though, this is kind of more of the same as the last book. I don't know whether I en- would say I enjoyed it more or less. Obviously, a lot more is... Uh, we, we, we follow Xan a, a lot more in this book, yeah. which is kind of a nice change of pace. But on the other hand, we don't get, like, the same... The last book is interesting because it has, like, three or four kind of main sections and big time jumps. We get... The first bit where um, he's on Apatros, then he's 
with the Sith army, then he's on Korriban, and then eventually he's, the last little bit, he kind of breaks off from the Sith. This book is, I'd say, has less of a clear, um, kind of different acts like that, but we do get different perspectives. So we've got Darth Bane, uh, we get Farfalla and um, Johan, and we get Xana. And I say we, we really actually don't get a whole lot from Bane's perspective. I yeah. guess it's really just the first little bit when he's getting his armor. Yeah, like Bane doesn't do much of anything in this book other than Brood. Like, he, we know he wants to make the holocron, but he's been mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuck after uh, mm-hmm. getting Orbalisked on Onderon and Duxon. Uh, I guess it's Duxon where he gets the actual right. Orbalisk on them. But then he's like, that's before the time jump that he's kind of sitting there getting more uh, covered in Orbalisks for 10 years. Yeah. And it's like, he just wants to make a holocron, fails at it a bunch of times in 10 years, gets Xana to go get supplies. Then he goes and kills some Jedi on Tython. And that's, that's kind of what Bane does. He doesn't really accomplish a huge amount. No, movie. yeah. So it is really Xana's story. And He's more just kind of like a lurking presence, like behind everything that Xana's doing. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the Orbalisk armor? Because that's kind of a a big thing of Bane's for for a while in this book. Obviously, he's got it off by the end, but it's kind of just like to me, like that's maybe like a bit too much because he's already yeah. like it's like he's already invincible, super strong, super badass, and he's got like you know spooky crabs on him that make him yeah. impenetrable to lightsabers that's about that's about the the edgiest i can take from star wars <laughs> like the the super anger impenetrable armor yeah yeah um i did like how he literally flies from the moon of duxon to duxon though he's on like the dragon and he's like yeah he just like forces it to fly through the the brief bit of vacuum i thought that was pretty cool yeah, that's a big part of the comics and stuff where it's introduced as well, like the mm-hmm. joint worlds with uh, Mandalorians and stuff. The Drexels, I think. Are they mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I getting a, yeah. one of the letters wrong there? Maybe, but um, sounded right to me. But yeah, that that is there. We talked about this a lot in the last episode, but there's a lot of kind of RPG elements in mm-hmm. like in the Darth Bane books where like they do very much read like just uh an after action report of yes like, a kotor battle mm-hmm. and like the the classes of jedi and sith are there that are usually just taken as a game mechanic there's one scene in this thing. especially yeah <laughs> sorry Bane used his, the four stasis button was used on me <laughs> Bane spun his lightsaber throw. to clear all cute actions <laughs> <laughs> but like drew carpishan was the lead writer and one of the main game designers on mm-hmm. kotor and so you, you kind of expect, like, that just seems to be kind of what his writing style is. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, but, I kind of enjoy it, to be honest. Like, I I, th- I think it's fun, but it is, it is, it does take you out of it a little bit, I think. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what my takeaway from both of these books so far has been, is that it's a writing style that is fun to read. Like, there's cool stuff that happens, but it's also doesn't really, there's not much depth to it. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's trying to have much depth to it. It's Angry Man no, and the Adventures so. of Edgy Girl. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I do. That's why, like, I've kinda, I have kind of kind of did find the Jedi sections of this book to be a little bit almost, like, refreshing. Because, I mean, the Jedi aren't exactly nuanced either. They're, like. No. You know, especially someone like Farfalla. Um, but it is nice to get away from just, like, the pure 
edginess. And I, and I will say Xana is a bit more kind of morally gray than Bane, although she still is evil. Um, even when she grows up, there are moments where like she kind of maybe not considers leaving Bane's service, but like thinks about what her life would be otherwise, which yeah. is more realistic than Bane, who's just like mad. Yeah, and so there's some attempt to give Xana a bit more depth than uh, than what she ends up having. Because mm-hmm. at least Bane, we get that early section of him, like how his background on the mining colony kind of turned him into who he was. Yeah. But with Xana, uh, she gets upset about the loss of her cousins and then the bouncy guys. But then mm-hmm. she's with Bane for like a day at most. Mm-hmm. And she... Uh, like blows up Tomcat's hand technically mm-hmm. to protect him. But there was also that considered like, this is one of the first dark side things she does is blow up the hand of one of the people that she got angry because she lost mm-hmm. and then finds out he's alive. And like there, there's almost no consideration for her about anything other than just following Bane. Mm-hmm. And like, they try to portray it as like her big thing is that she doesn't want to be alone with the conversation with Tomcat slash Derivit towards the end mm-hmm. where you don't have to be alone anymore. I'll be with you, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But considering that she had that option before, uh, she seemed to have, like, even if she couldn't just run away from Bane at that moment, there was no thought for her of that being a thing. And we never see any of that again. And then uh, one of the first things Bane does is just... Again, they've known each other for a couple days when they leave Rusan, mm-hmm. and he tells her to make her way to Onderon. He just ditches her. Yeah. So, like, she's just been introduced to this Sith cult, essentially. Joins mm-hmm. it willingly uh, because she wants this kind of guardian figure, I guess. Yeah. But then he abandons her as well. So if you're trying to set up the motivation as, like, she's with Bane because she has this fear of abandonment and he was someone that offered that to her or offered a way away from that to her, then, I don't know, there's just some stuff that doesn't really work out there and Mm -hmm. it almost seems like an attempt to add depth there that shouldn't have been there. Yeah, I mean, I think a more interesting approach to take with Xana is, like, she just doesn't read, like, a 10-year-old, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, at the beginning where she's just, like like cruel and like like acting out of fear and killing those jedi like that makes sense and i understand that uh or even brief anger but to have this sort of like permanent dark side aura like among you always doesn't really make sense that's kind of why anakin is more interesting or jason because and now not everybody has to be a fallen jedi but even if she is a sith i would have liked to see her kind of more like her mind kind of dominated her you know, changed by Bane, who kind of sensed her power, and then... Because it's like Bane's expecting to get a, a powerful apprentice who's already kind of... um, epic. Yeah, who's already epic and into, like, the dark side, you know? Yeah. Which is... maybe a bit too much to ask. <laughs> yeah, and well, she kind of meets all that and hasn't, like... I guess she's been using the Force forever now. Uh, mm-hmm. through Derivit, but mm-hmm. she's already super powerful blowing up Jedi and blowing up other people and then shooting soldiers within day one of her training. So, like, learning and very her, fast. Yeah. Good job. And giving her cousin her powers, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, but. that's why that guy posted Darth Bane as the biggest Mary Sue in Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> he got a lot of a lot of comments. That's all I'll say. I mean, a lot of people did agree. Um, but yeah, what did you think of the uh, the new characters? We get uh, Johan, who he kind of has a an interesting plot. I guess or an interesting plot arc. He starts off as the he's Hoth's apprentice, um, and then he goes down and he kind of sees evidence of Bane after in the aftermath of the seventh battle of Rusan. Um, but Bane kind of successfully hides for ten years, and then later he goes with the Jedi to confront Bane after having done some things in the meantime, like protecting the uh, the current Supreme Chancellor, or sorry, a, a former Supreme Chancellor. And then in the end, he just gets killed, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if there's much more Jedi stuff that shows up in Dynasty of Evil, because uh, all the sure Jedi characters are dead now. But... Mm-hmm. I they guess they should have left a sense. message before they left. Like they did. I think they did leave a message that they. Were oh going yeah, to because on. the Jedi, right? The Jedi yeah, show up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Xana was even talking about when uh, she was dealing with her plan to kill off Caleb and mm-hmm. Derivit, or make Derivit look like. Yeah, he was I forgot the, the Jedi Lord. came back. Uh, like she was saying that they would already be aware of the fact that mm-hmm. Farfall and them went to, uh, yep. went to Tython. So the Jedi are aware that there are Sith somewhere. I, because I was thinking at the same like the same kind of thing when that first I was like, mm-hmm. did they just get on a ship and leave with? Yeah, yeah, anyone? yeah. But I thought the ending was pretty was pretty fun actually, like yeah. the way that Santa kind of gets around, uh, like like she ties up everything very nicely because Bane's mm-hmm. still recovering, so we're skipping around a lot and it's just kind of following the natural conversation. Sometimes when we do tap calf, we follow the plot. This time, it probably makes more sense to follow the discussion, but. So Bane's been pretty much nearly killed in his battle with a bunch of Jedi because his Orbalisk armor has died and is killing him with with it. Um, and he's basically recovering under the tent of the healer, um, who we meet in the first book. And Xana basically... It's her cousin, right? She she drives yeah. insane with her force powers. Yeah, it was um, Derivit slash Tomcat. Right, and then she kills. I forget. To, and then doesn't she chop up? Oh no, she, she chops, chops up, up Caleb, Caleb right? to yeah. make it look like Derivit did it. Left him yeah. with the lightsabers of the other Jedi. Yeah, and basically made him seem, uh, seem like he butchered Farfalla, Saro. I think that's her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johan and mm-hmm. War. Like the this random guy was. Oh, like I, I don't see how anyone bought that. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Like just dark side dangerous is the explanation we're giving. Like, no, this was like this was literally your best lightsaber duelist, your best battle meditation dude, mm-hmm. Farfalla who's good at some shit, I'm sure, and Johan <laughs> who everyone acknowledges is kinda useless at most things. He's like a diplomat. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whose only use in the book was to stop Xana from uh losing to uh, beefcake number seven. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta say I was kind of surprised though when uh, Johan went down because I I guess I'd forgotten that after they do spend pretty much like maybe a fifth or a sixth of the book uh, following him and then he just gets capped. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Same with like, Farfalla. That... Cause I, like I knew Farfalla died, but um, it's still kind of surprising, I guess, in a way. 
Yeah, uh, it kind of means those plots end up not going many places because, like, there was the interesting thing about like mm-hmm. uh, Joan trying to bring forward the legacy of Hoth and them, and what direction the Jedi are going to take. Yep. Uh, but that kind of doesn't get resolved very much. No, at it all. doesn't at all. And then uh, they're all dead. Yeah. Like and you could the- just as easily have had uh, Farfalla turn up in that battle. We know him from last book. Uh, without Somehow following survive. Johan, yeah, but Johan, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He could have been part of the second force or something, like the one yeah, that it, shows up afterwards. Well, even just not have like, not even have those parts of the plot where uh, mm-hmm. we follow Joan's story, and then mm-hmm. have Farfalla still turn up in that first task force when mm-hmm. someone brings him. But I, I, right, I, it just feels like there were a lot of elements to. Uh, Joe and stuff that wasn't about finding the Sith that ended up kind of going nowhere while still setting up what was possibly an interesting thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of losing that thread now with no real opportunity to organically pick it up mm-hmm. is unfortunate, I guess. Yeah, especially where, I don't know about you, but I really prefer the scenes where they're like in the greater galaxy mingling around. Like I liked when Xana infiltrated that uh, that radical group. I thought that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. and I liked the stuff with the Jedi temple and it, it will be a shame if we lose that. I like, I, I haven't read book three for a very long time, so I don't really remember, but cause I think book three is more cause like Xana and Bane split up. You've got set hearth. Mm-hmm. I think he's in that. And like, it's Cognus as well. Cause Bane mm-hmm. is training Cognus and then Xana ends up killing yeah. Bane. Yeah. So I think it's just split between the actual Sith next time. I don't think yeah. there's much else just too bad in my opinion because those parts can get kind of boring it, it was all right i thought with in book one where bane's an apprentice and he's got this big sith kind of structure above him and he's working his way through it i thought that was interesting yeah. but where it's just a lot of hiding in the shadows and trying to make holocrons and stuff eh, for me a little less compelling yeah like does bane ever have a good idea that's another thing that kind of stuck out to me where like his his plans for how to take down the gal like the the thing about setting up the organization of spies yeah. and stuff that's good yeah we got like a paragraph of that in a flashback of them on Tatooine meeting Amun mm-hmm. uh, so points to Bane there but yeah like the idea that this little separatist movement or whatever is gonna take away heat from the Sith like yeah especially that... when they they seem to be killing them off before they get any steam like this is four guys and. On one basement. planet. Yeah, exactly. It's like one planet of millions. It's like yeah. they didn't successfully ki- kill the uh, the former chancellor. Another chancellor, Valorum. Hashtag corrupt republic. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Well, because Bane's, Bane's thing was that it'd be easier for the Sith to take over the galaxy with one republic because mm-hmm. uh, if you're counting the stars and they're all together uh, then I guess that's better than having everyone fractured and trying to unite it from that but I'm not sure yeah. if that's necessarily true it just seems like he's doing that because that's what it ends up having to be under Palpatine mm-hmm. and rather than trying to find an actual explanation for that it's just this weird side thing that they end up doing 
And it's kind of the same thing with his justification for who he kills and who he doesn't, like how he wants mm-hmm. there to be rumors out there of a Sith, but he wants them to be from people that no one will believe yeah. because they're untrustworthy because reasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having rumors to me doesn't make like, I don't know, just kill it. Just hide yourself. And that's like one of the things about Bane's armor. I wish they, they touch on it a bit, but like, his the the whole idea of Darth Bane is he wants to operate completely from the shadows, and he's got this new armor on that makes it like like he can't blend in. He he's a, he's a walking crab person, like, and they do mention that a bit. I I forget who, I think Xana mentions it maybe when she's waiting for um, uh, Keladen or whatever the Twilight's name is, um, yeah. but I would have been more interested to see kind of how that works out because that's whole that's part of the reason like. Bane is like, yeah, the Sith should be manipulating and operating from the shadows and doing all this stuff. Yeah, so and then get he get this super powerful armor that makes me super angry and evil, but I can't be seen in public ever again, so I do nothing for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm not sure really how he sets up a lot of the operations and stuff, other than he pays the one moon, which yeah. seems like a thing anyone could do, but where did he get the money to do that? I don't know. I think he gets some from... Well, from Cordis. Um, but... From Cordis, yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, it was kind of weird having that time jump because there's a 10-year time jump. You start on the same day of uh, the end of Path of Destruction. So they're still... It's Bane and Xana going through Rusan. Uh, and then there is the 10-year time jump. So Xana is nine... Yeah, nine or, nine or ten. I don't think they say specifically. Yeah, and then she's like 19 or 20, 21 maybe. Yeah. And like the first scene we get, one of the first sentences we get after this 10-year time jump <laughs> where she was just a friggin' 10-year-old. Yeah. It's like everyone wants to sleep with her, of course. Like every female character in this book, and there's been two of them so far. Yeah. It's like Githany, the whole thing is like sex is her weapon. It's like you can yeah. do that with female characters, but when every female character yeah. you have is that, it's like maybe... Maybe you should think about her this greatest a dark bit more. side power was her bust. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, like every yeah. male character is described as ten foot seven, <laughs> beefy, barrel chested, and yeah, both of like, the prominent female characters are just uh, kind of that archetype. It's like every time you think uh, you, you you think you get somebody tougher like more physically imposing it's like this guy was actually eight feet tall like the uh the swordsman's yeah. apprentice um I, th- I thought he was a so do you want to talk about that battle because that is a, a big part of the book i know we're, the we're kind of, Tython. yeah we're kind of jumping around a bit but that is that battle is is one that i remember reading that and thinking about the conversation we had last time that battle is straight out of something like like the old republic or kodor yeah. Because they, they like they've literally got a uh, someone buffing the team, yeah, <laughs> like a support role, which is is kind of cool because you don't really see that very much in uh, in Star Wars. But that was interesting, and the yeah. fact that it was an Athorian just feels right. Because I can never imagine an Athorian doing anything too active. I know there's well, that shouting. one, yeah, and there was that they one that we saw in Clone Wars. <laughs> who, yeah, uh, did a lot he of shouted. Shouting. Uh, that's that's a big thing in a lot of in a lot of, even like Star Wars RPGs. There's the mm-hmm. the bellowing authorians. Mm-hmm. In Kotor, they do tend to be more like administrative assistants and stuff. Just Daughters. giant mushrooms. I get like, 
Are they mushrooms? <laughs> no, I just like... that's, that's, what, that's what I called them as a as a kid mushroom heads because like they their heads look like a sliced mushroom that you'd see on like a cartoon depiction of a pizza or something. <laughs> I don't know if I can co-sign that. That's okay. Yeah, it's mm. okay. No. But like we usually see battle meditation as this uh broader scale thing where it's coordinating mm -hmm. forces so this mm -hmm. it's more like that straight rpg style buff system mm -hmm. uh and i was kind of think like i was kind of hoping that xana or what i was expecting was xana's contribution in the battle was going to be uh like she can't beat the really strong like the yeah guy I that she's fighting with johan uh, sarah I, one of them may be sarah but either way mm -hmm. uh she can't beat him but then she notices the a Thorian over there, and I thought mm -hmm. that would kind of be what she's going. She ends up doing, but then that just ends up like he ends up doing what he does to Bane, which I think works out better. But that was yeah. kind of my expectation for like the multiple pages of the battle was going on. It was like, oh, so she's going to get just sort of forced back, and she's going to jump at the Thorian, and that's going to be kind of how she wins. And then Bane is going to just smack everyone else around. But it mm -hmm. turns out to just have her kill everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I I quite enjoyed the duel. I really like like the setup too, where it spends like <laughs> like ten minutes just like listing everyone's achievements. It's like, oh yeah, we've got the greatest duelist in history. Uh, we've got Farfalla. We've got you know all these characters. But uh, like to me, the battle is kind of taken away by Bane's armor. It just doesn't make it yeah. interesting when you know that he can survive pretty much anything you know what i mean yeah like johan is kind of portrayed as the incompetent one of the group or not the inc he's not incompetent he's just he's a going up he's, again. A he's out of his water yeah. or out of yeah. his depth yeah he's, he's um, a diplomat yeah and he he sees the thing with the hands not being covered so mm -hmm. he goes for it he manages to slice bane's tendon and within like yeah. 30 seconds bane is less than that bane's mm -hmm. hand has basically sewn itself back on mm-hmm yeah, it's just it's not super interesting. Um, yeah, but I, I I do like the I think you mentioned this too. I do kind of like the conclusion where he like he zaps himself to death almost. It's like mm -hmm. a very very Sith way to go. And once again, using the uh, the stasis field. <laughs> Did we get was so there was the the fight where uh, Xana brings her apprentice from Sereno with the other Sith assassins from the Umbara and Honegger academies. I think, right. it was, I think it was Umbara specifically. Yeah, but Umbara whichever, assassins, yeah. Uh, where they have the Force Pikes, and they end up trying to fight Bane, and he mm -hmm. gets like the million volts of electricity from the Force Pikes. Mm -hmm. Did, was there something in that that hinted at the uh, Orbalist kind of responding negatively to electricity? Because I think that would have been... Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. Well, that's I, what I do ends think up being that their, he, uh... the weak side. Yeah, because I, I do think he, like, gets uh, knocked to one knee or something, which for mm -hmm. him is, like, a, a big deal when he gets hit by, like, six of them at once. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't remember. That, that was an interesting battle, and that was kind of, like, the whole idea of Bane's armor is, like, it does feed his anger, um, yeah. but, like, then he almost kills Xana because he just, he gets, like, you know, red-eyed and he can't even think properly. Yeah. Do you think that Xana really thought that her apprentice could help? Or, like, was she really just, you know, doing what she said? I think she was being honest. Like, I think that was her intention mm -hmm. to get the holocron knowledge. Because mm -hmm. I don't think she really... She might have expected with the help of the 
of all of them, maybe she could have won, but then she would have had to actually do something in the battle, which she very explicitly was not. Mm-hmm. And she was even surprised when Bane attacked her, because mm-hmm. uh, I guess she thought that Bane would pick up on that, and he was very dumb in this book. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was like, to be fair, that was like Bane's worst nightmare, was like, he formed the rule of two, so a bunch of weak Sith couldn't come together to um, to take down a strong one, and that's... Yeah. Like, pretty much almost what happened here yeah and like the one kind of through line we get in the book is that xana really does respect bane or understands that he has all this knowledge and power that she doesn't Mm -hmm. so she's very that that's kind of why we get the thing at the end where he's like no just kill me and leave Mm -hmm. uh but she wants the network she wants the extra knowledge he has so i think Mm -hmm. her moving against him that early was definitely not her intention i think she thought it would be so obvious that she wasn't that even Bane would pick up on that when he's getting yeah. attacked by these 16 people. <laughs> but Yeah. I do like how, uh, I forget his name, um, H- oh, Hetton. Hetton just, like, gets annihilated. He's, like, he's, like, kind of been training, like, he's been poking around the dark side, and then he's just like, no, you're, you're kind of shit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think Xana really just saw that guy. Like, she would never have thought of Hetton as what her Sith apprentice would be. I think it was really just like, look at this information repository you have. This is mine mm-hmm. now. Thank you for loading it onto this data card for me. Yeah. Then there was there was another uh, fight, too, with... Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, when Johan's trying to protect the Chancellor, he almost dies to just a non-Force-sensitive being just a, a guy with a vibro blade which i thought was kind of interesting because he yeah. really is out of practice he's basically been protecting the chance or the ex-chancellor for a, a decade at this point yeah his skills have really atrophied and i do kind of like the explanation that like if you're being relentless relentlessly assaulted you can't just you know use the force as a get out of jail free card it's like you need to concentrate you need to you need concentrate to... have mollusks on you and... <laughs> well like and that's like the thing like bane could probably use the force in that situation because he feeds off the anger, but Johan needs like the uh he needs the calm and serenity and whatever else. Yeah. And like even before then, he wasn't like he got assigned to be Valorum's bodyguard mm-hmm. within a couple weeks of him getting his lightsaber. So his kind of actual BS. training with <laughs> it would be kinda limited. Like, yeah, and he even admits not... like he's hardly been practicing. Yeah, he's... They didn't send their best and brightest. <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, and then he just basically yeets them both into the ocean, and it's... Wow, it hit your neck instead of mine. <laughs> Thanks, Force. <laughs> yeah, and then does nothing in the end. Mm-hmm. What did you... Th- I guess the other major combat section is when Bane is going into... Uh, like Belaya Darzu's base, he fights all the uh, the, the uh, mecha beast, techno beasts, yeah, techno beasts, the Sith, uh, Sith monsters. Did you enjoy that part? Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of picturing the whole time that uh, that one image from the uh, no, the, that they the techno oh. beasts were also dancing to techno. Like that was actually <laughs> what she used to turn them into the techno beasts. Every single one of them is a beatbox. Of, yeah, so. Uh, I know you don't play League, but there's a character called Cho'Gath who has a, a skin where 
his back basically has these giant speakers on it and he just <laughs> plays music and i was kind of picturing that and i thought it was pretty epic <laughs> it's like there's there's like three occasions where uh two or three occasions where bane would have died in this book had he not yeah. worn the armor there was the uh he almost dies when he's fighting on those uh those beasts the drexel um he would have probably died in the lightsaber duel because he takes lots of cuts and then yeah. he gets uh the the absolute mad lad takes a full mouth of the uh the techno beast Austin. yeah like Multiple i just imagine times, one of them just right? like spitting in his mouth yeah 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 well, I think that's one of the things that, like, we get the the thing from him where he doesn't know if he should keep it because it ruins his concentration when he's trying to do the holocrons. Mm-hmm. And Xana kind of pushes him towards thing like, hey, maybe you should get rid of that because she's also she kind wants of to kill him eventually. Yeah, yeah, that she can't one v one him in Counter Strike and win. <laughs> but Guardian, they, no stickies. Let's go. <laughs> they kind of sleep on the fact that like maybe it's also making him lazy. Because mm. he's just letting these things kind yeah, of exactly. happen because he knows he can take it. Yeah. But when I, I'm kind of interested to see if in Dynasty of Evil, when he kind of has to go back to being like actually good at fighting instead of just like pure brute force because mm-hmm. he can't be attacked back, which yeah. Xana comments on a bit in yeah. uh, the just goes fully battle. aggressive. Yeah, because yeah, like in the Jedi, I don't have to worry about or aren't able to do that because they have to worry about like things like getting hit. And getting cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I hope there is a bit on that where he has to kind of relearn and have some level of, not necessarily caution because that doesn't sound very Sithy, but at least like mm-hmm. understand that he's not covered in impenetrable mm-hmm. mollusks anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I think he was also being psyched out by the fact that he was assembling the holocron incorrectly because he yeah. thought that he was the things are screwing with him, but it turns out he just wasn't using the right technique. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so. using the capstone to do the wrong thing. Hate to like, I hate when that happens when I'm putting together my holocrons and I have all <laughs> the right parts and I'm focusing on them properly, but the capstone just is wrong. Wrong incantations. You didn't yeah. light the, the right candles. <laughs> the incense was burning wrong. That's like so. One actually, of, oh, go ahead. So, I was gonna say that's one kind of strange thing. Not strange, but it's always interesting to me how Star Wars handles like magic. Mm-hmm. like or sith sorcery like for me i just imagined like when i imagine the force or someone using the force something like a hand gesture for example i see as they do that because it's easier for the force user to visualize mm-hmm. you know pushing somebody and you know making it happen if they physically manifest that you know what i mean yeah. but we also see like darth vader he does like actions he does choke and force puller or whatever else without his hand so, like, when you get to these, like, Sith sorcery, like, spells, basically, and Xana does one as well when when she, like, her mind breaks spell. I don't know how I feel about it having to be this big, intricate um, thing. Like, it makes sense yeah. for, like, Night Witches. Maybe they just don't understand that they can do it the other way. And because they believe they have to do it this way, maybe that's why. But, yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? Well, that was what I was going to bring up, where it's, like, uh, usually in Star Wars or in other places they'll talk about like force magics or magic and it would just be mm-hmm. a different view or a different orders kind of yeah. structure of how they interact with the force like the night yeah. sisters where Xana acts in a lot of situations like, or like the white flow or whatever yeah yeah the uh the white current white current yeah <laughs> the white flow was something else 
Well, uh, White Current's not much better. No. <laughs> it's but, not better. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're like this is one of the places that kind of combines it where there is the force and then the magic is a so it's a specific mm-hmm. subset of the force rather mm-hmm. than just being another name for the same thing yeah uh, so like what xana does with the nightmare force ability that she specced into when she hit level six i think <laughs> uh, yeah yeah she saved a lot of points she didn't trick. yeah yeah she didn't and you have to make sure until... your your mana pool is is sufficient when you're getting into the fight because she did run out of mana in that other one she was smart though because she, she didn't use her force points until she got to da- uh, D- dantooine yeah because uh, you unlock she... uh extra extra abilities and well, she... there's some microtransaction stuff now with that but... <laughs> Well, she didn't want to put things into like computer hacking or whatever, so she saved yeah. her skills and put them in wisdom, and then she also got to unlock the extra force powers. So, pretty yeah. epic. I thought it was kind of overpowered when she was talking about her lightsaber, and she gets to make a second attack uh, each <laughs> turn. It's kind of like monks. It's kind of bullshit where like they get OP and then yeah. Oh my god. And I, I think uh, the Achani master she specked into Sentinel, so I think she's a monk as well because like. Bane wasn't able to move past her without an attack mm-hmm. of opportunity uh, to get to war. Jesus Christ. We're getting deep into the D&D jokes here that you, you've never played. Yeah, I'm so. starting to... I was just keeping it to Kodor, which I know uses the system, but, like, I was starting to... I was starting to fall asleep. Like, I was, like, I was looking up other things. I was checking my email, sending out tweets. <laughs> <laughs> just applied for, for a new mortgage. Wow. <laughs> YouTube's really going that bad, eh? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no but uh i forget what i was gonna say we'll we'll come back to this uh when we when we do our uh our D campaign mm-hmm. all that well star wars our edge of Tail the top. empire one shot yeah we will we will be doing that soon i'm i'm finally able to actually read the rule book and figure out how to use tabletop sim but Sweet. that's gonna be it's gonna be epic i just gotta get the time that works for you, Charlie, Mark, and Shaq all at the same time. Shaq's yeah. going to be the, the one to wrangle. I was going to say Shaq's going to be the hardest to, to get together there. I think me and Charlie will be pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... We we like we like the force magics, but we think it's weird how it's structured here to get. It, that's yeah, basically both of our takeaway. There. I did like the uh, the force insanity, like when she used. It, I yeah. thought that was kind of cool. She's just like she just destroys his mind, and he's just yeah. like becomes a shell on the floor. I was like, <laughs> fucking got him. <laughs> yeah, like I like the way it was presented. Like I like basically everything about how it was used in the book. Mm-hmm. It's just I thought that Bane and Xana being the ones to present it like that. Yeah, was kind of strange that that would be part of how their view of the force is structured i just and... imagine like hermione like leviosa it's like <laughs> you've got to put your hand up down left right up down left right a b to use force insanity <laughs> yeah like we at least we get bane saying like you're probably going to be more of a sorcerer and i don't know shit about that so that's <laughs> on you good luck lol yeah it's it it's a it's a cool power though and it's like i just what did he see i wonder it's like do you think it's just like the primal like just the fears that like every person has that like just don't make sense in the back of your mind just like mm-hmm. you know whatever you imagine goes bump in the night yeah i i'm really excited for cogniz to get in here so we can just get mm-hmm. a real 
a real abandonment of the rule of two ten years mm-hmm. after they make it. Yeah. We actually get some of the, the downsides of the rule of two in this book, or one of the main ones, uh, compared to how the Jedi Order works, where it's like, uh, sure, you get wiped you out are, in one. <laughs> well, you get wiped out, but also, uh, like, if they lost on Tython, they're fucked. Yeah. But if you have, like, when Bane is trying to do this research to find out how to remove the Orbalisks, they go to the Jedi mm-hmm. because there are, like, scholar Jedi and mm-hmm. the fighty Jedi and the other Jedi. So. Sure, like individually, yeah, compared to other (laughs) Sith Lords, maybe by not having the other Sith Lords, you're staying more powerful, but you're losing out on everything the Jedi Order is able to accomplish, or the Sith have in the past by having people with different specialties, rather than having Bane and Xana have to learn literally everything, Mm -hmm. because you kind of get that as well with with Bane saying, like, his specialty is going to be being big and beating people, and (laughs) Xana is going to be the sorcerer type. But Bane doesn't know anything about sorcery. So how is he supposed to pass that knowledge on? Xana's yeah. going to have to go and learn about that herself. But yeah, then exactly. if Xana's apprentice is more of like, uh, if Xana had trained like Darth Tenebris uh, or Tenebris's master, mm-hmm. it was like they're kind of the biotech. Uh, they're the ones that actually do the thing that Bane thinks the rule of two is going to be good for. Uh, where I guess that's what the, the holocrons kind of come in to help. But like... Yeah, but then you still need to have that knowledge in the past. Exactly. Like Bane is making an order that just has to stagnate it is way it's way too traditional mm-hmm. it's way too individualistic there's no way it's going to work in the long term to any of their benefit and it takes them a thousand years to rule the galaxy for 20 for, yeah. so darth bane is literally an incel and like it's just not working out for him like because you're right after all of that like the jedi have spread themselves so far even when they get completely wiped out they still come back um, the Sith rule for yeah a couple decades. It's epic for them during that time, I guess. <laughs> no, it's not. Look, look at Vader and Sidious. Is that <laughs> yeah, who true. you want to be the the epitome of your order, Captain? Well, Rinkles I think Sidious no is having a good time. Vader, no, but I, I think Sidious is really enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen that man not having fun? It's true. <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's why Sidious is such a fun, such a fun enemy because he's just like he just loves how evil he is. Like that one scene where he's like throwing shit at at Yoda and he's just Yoda? fucking cackling. It's just like hilarious. Oh, that, that's fair. I, I wish I had half as much fun as Sidious is having in almost every scene he's in. Yeah, it's like even Return of the Jedi. He's like he that right when um, Vader puts out his lightsaber to protect him from Luke he's got this big shit eating grin on his face <laughs> as Charlie would say big Cheshire cat grin on his face <laughs> he's loving it man that's that's fair <laughs> I we should get him as a guest on the podcast sometime Ian McDermott Palpatine or no. Charlie Palpatine okay well Ian I hey if Ian McDermott wants to come on absolutely but if we could get Palpatine on, see how he feels about mm-hmm. Dynasty of Evil, mm-hmm. uh, he'd be a good get for us, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. Kyle Katarn afterwards would be cool, I think. Yeah. Well, we're already talking about Rusan, so we could... Yeah, true. So we could cover maybe how that goes from being like the place of the biggest battle in history to somewhere that no one actually knows the location of. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some. That's, that's because that mem- that's because that memorial was never built, was isn't it? That's true. That's <laughs> true. It, 
It's why, like, if uh, the memorial at Vimy Ridge wasn't there, no one would yeah. know. And, like, if there weren't D-Day memorials, then no one would know where Normandy is. To be fair, it's been, like, 80 years, and most people probably don't know where Normandy is. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure armies that were involved have some records of when what on there. And it's only 10 yeah, times true. as long on the same planet, of course. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, Rusan was pretty important, and I mean, Palpatine. We're gonna have a statue there. A lot of that you can write down to Palpatine purposefully wiping all that shit out, like when he became emperor. Well, wasn't the Lost Valley of the Jedi still lost before he became emperor? Because mm. that's why no one was able to go and free them all from their like thousand year torment. I just think nobody felt like it, to be honest. That's that's possible. Kyle was the first one like, hey. It's like, yeah, have you seen that spirit bomb, it. dude? Shit's creepy as fuck. <laughs> um, we just don't go to Rusan anymore. Khan and yeah. Hoff keep trying to talk to us. And we don't like them very much. I do remember there's like a bunch of statues there, so I don't know who built that. I gotta, yeah, I mean, I've got to replay uh, play Jedi Knight. Because... So, Johan actually... Well, now that Derivit wasn't there to... Uh, to stop the production, even though Johan's not alive anymore, the Senate already funded it. So, and then yeah, but he Valorum was destruction was... manager. Are they just going to find a new person to manage yeah. all these droids? Yeah, yeah, they to get, be fair, yeah. It's a it's a Jedi subclass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that actually shouldn't be a problem at all. <laughs> yeah, um, the Jedi foreman. You, it does take level eleven before you can get into that class. But... Jedi foreman. I actually did just. Uh, I got um, Jedi Knight one. Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight 1, working on my computer perfectly, and I'm, like, really excited to play through it. I just randomly, like, accidentally beat, like, five levels the other day. I was just like, I'll just run until I die. And, like, it was an old game. I mean, it's, it's an old game, and th- those games are pretty hard. There's, like, a pretty big difficulty uh, drop, I'd say, from even, even to Jedi Outcast, which is difficult on its own. But I was just like... I got through like six, five or six levels. And I was like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm really feeling it. So now I'm pumped to get all my other streams done so I can play it again. Hmm. And uh, release Lord Hoth and all the others uh, who are trapped. Yeah, you release Lord Hoth, Lord Khan. You, <laughs> no discrimination there. Yeah. Yeah, just, they can all go. What would you do if your name was Skier? Wouldn't that be very upsetting? I mean, definitely a little bit, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. We didn't so... talk about the uh, the actual spirit bomb itself. That was a pretty cool scene where they go up and it's just like, Ugh. and then Darth Bane is just like, he goes up and he's just like, closes his eyes and just starts sighing happily. <laughs> yeah, it seems like less damage would have been done if they had gone other directions in that. Like, maybe mm-hmm. don't let the spirit bomb go off. Derivit had a a good point there like even mm-hmm. orbital bombardment would have done less damage if you just shoot the sith camp you had a huge fleet in orbit and the sith mm-hmm. fleet was gone so right because that's like the the whole idea is we got to kill them all at once because they're all here yeah. right now but just like just chill dude just chill <laughs> yeah the thought bomb causes like nuclear winter every yeah i really fucked that plan up didn't it yeah, so, like, point precision orbital bombardment. You know the cave they're in. You were going there yourselves. Like, maybe it's not as effective or is not as 
Thoro as the thought bomb, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe have some security on the ships leaving the planet where you know the last Sith Lords are, which clearly there wasn't because Bane and then Xana just get out with no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I Xana mean, is on autopilot, doesn't know how to fly the ship, and they're expecting that ship to redock with their fleet, aren't they? And it just leaves. Like, oh, okay. I mean, and that ends up causing a lot of shit, because that's like, whenever the Jedi Knight games need to make a bunch of Dark Jedi or whatever, they're like, they got the power for the Reborn from the Valley of the Dark, or the Valley of the Jedi. <laughs> it's like, shit, man. <laughs> Like, this has been a big problem for a while now. (laughs) Yeah, and no one ever does anything about it. Yoda, you had 900 years. Now now Marco Ragnos is back. Yeah, everyone's favorite Sith Lord. Great job. They should have brought Exarkun back. That would have have been epic. Yeah, why doesn't Bane go to Yavin? We just get a, a montage of him going to every old dead Sith Lord. That would have been cool. Like, oh. These people weren't necessarily that successful at much. And Bane, you're just putting way too much stock in him. You're going to be disappointed, buddy. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, even Revan. Like, he was epic for, like, a couple of years. But then, like, didn't really get that much done. Yeah. <laughs> so. But we there's a whole book about Revan, actually. And we're going to talk about him at some point. Yeah, at some point. Are we going to do... So... At some point, are we going to do like a video, uh, an episode on like the stories of individual games? Because they kind of come up a lot. Like if we do like a, a I mean, episode or a... I feel like I just recently replayed Rogue Squadron, for example, and you're going to, so we could talk about that. Like that would probably be pretty cool. Or like we're always streaming stuff. Like if you wanted to stream um, Dark Forces Two or something, like that would be yeah. a fun episode. And Game's then hard, we could even but... have an episode talking about the story of Forces of Corruption's campaign. Because mm-hmm. uh, the Zan Consortium, I'd, ra- factor, I'd rather not. The Zan Consortium factors pretty heavily into stuff now, like they show up in a lot of media. Yeah, if so, you, it's crazy how long. If you go to their Wikipedia page, how many appearances they have? Is it what is it three? <laughs> no, they have uh, they have a good amount where stuff shows up. Do they? Okay. In canon and legends, they're they got like they appear in a bunch of source books now. Uh, I got some extra characters like Mr. Jared Sykes. You can't just talk. You put some respect on that name, Justin. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. Uh, do you want to get into the rankings then, the questions? Yes. Um, do you have the ranking sheet or should I pull it I up? do not. Uh, I think last time you put Bane in A tier. Yeah, Did this you? one's not an A for me. And I put it in D all the way down to D, eh? I can't remember if I put it in C or D because I, I was. I, I was remember you at having first the internal I... debate. Well, external debate. Well, yeah. not a debate. You were talking about it with yourself. <laughs> and you. Yeah. Okay. Debate. Well, I wasn't arguing back. I guess is my point. Because um, well, my thing was I didn't want to. I didn't feel like there was any X-wing book that I could put Darth Bane above. And while I enjoyed it, I didn't enjoy it more than any of the X-Wing books we've done. And even though I had, like, Kratos Trap relatively low, I think it was C for me, D for you. Yeah. Because uh, for me, the D and F tiers were just Dark Apprentice in D and Champions of the Force yeah. in F. Whereas you have Kratos and something else in D. I don't have any uh, Fs, I don't think. Yeah. Well, Jesus, where the hell is this one going to go? Did you like this one more or less than the last less, one? Less, less. Oh, man. 
so not significantly less like it's uh it's kind of on the same plane for me like eh, if i had it in c last time then i'd probably put this one in d if i had it mm-hmm. in d last time i'd probably put this one in d as still it's prop it's d for me i think uh yeah i don't think i'm that low because i do i do still think it's well written um i don't like a lot of it i, th- I think it's good at, good enough at what it does so for me it's gonna be a c i think it's gonna go I, and for me it'd be the lowest of the c's as well even though i, I know we're not really doing that but yeah but just for context like yeah. it'd probably be a it's probably bane and this would be high d's for me if that's where i ended up putting it or low c it's I, I'll probably when we do the re-rankings, I'll probably have a more solid position for them once the mm-hmm. uh, once we've done the trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, because that it's, might impact it a bit depending on how much I like Path of Destruction. For me, it's the goddamn X-wing books. Like I just I struggle with them because there's so many of them, and they all by now are like starting to blend together. It's hard for me to like, mm-hmm. especially with like especially the Wraith Squadron books. Um, also, I think I'm going to redo the tier list into, like, an Excel spreadsheet or something. Yeah, that would be much better. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, I think that's... So, you're giving them the D. I'm probably keeping them high D, low C. You're okay. given uh, rule of two. The I'm just going to say C. mid C. Just mid C. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. See, the thing is, it's it's not done in a vacuum. We have these other rankings that we've already done, so if yes. we like it more or less than other stuff, we kind of yep. have to keep that consistent. Like, but when as I read Alphabet Squadron, books, I enjoy that so much more. So, like, yeah. it's not even close. Or, like, you know. Um, yeah, like, comparing this to the Thrawn trilogy or Alphabet Squadron or Plagueis, it's like, this is very clearly not something I enjoyed as much as those. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I've recently been already back to wanting to reread Plagueis, and we just did that last year. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know that I'm going to reread uh, Path of Destruction or no, I, I don't have any desire. And we'll see if Dynasty of Evil is kind of there, but like almost everything else that we've done, I'll probably reread at some point, mm-hmm. except for Dark Apprentice and Champions of the Force. I think I'm, I think I'm good on those for my lifetime. But uh, yeah, yeah, so like. For me, the one that I am most, the book that I'm most interested in and seeing our ranking is the one we're covering next week. Because this is. Chaos Rising? Yeah. It's a completely new. I've read the first maybe 10 pages of it, and it's very, very different. Um, Also, you know how I said, like, I do my. So, whenever I get a new. I get my review copy books in digital. We're talking about this with, I think. Maybe even with this book, but I do my control F to see if something's in the book or not. For this one, I looked up, uh, it was Palpatine, Vong, um, Super Star Destroyer, and Star Destroyer, I think, were the ones I looked up. Yeah. Yeah. And? Guess you guys will have to find out next episode. I'll say Vong did not make it. Uh, Oh, and Grisk. I looked up Grisk as well. Did Grisk make it? Do you really want to know? So yeah, that'll be what we do next week. We are back to Mr. Zahn. Uh, and it's complete, Mr. Zahn finally given some room to write. And it's a completely new story. Um, pretty epic. Some, like, ten pages in, there's some hard, like, lore about the uh, Chiss Ascendancy. That, like, more than we probably ever got in Legends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got some email questions. 
since last episode. Uh, So we will cover some of those, and I guess we will also have, uh, if there are any major questions related to Rule of Two in the chat, uh, if you want to tag either Mr. at Eckhart's Ladder or Mm -hmm. myself at Corey's Datapad, we'll be able to see those and bring them up. Uh, Do you have the emails open, Mr. Ladder? I'm trying to get them open now. All right, I'll I'll start us off with the. It's trying to get me to add the account to 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 Google. So the first one here. So we got an email from John. We're just going to read like the general idea and the questions of the email. Yeah. We did go through and read the full ones before, but just in the interest of of time. Uh, so John says, "Hey, hey, thanks for this gem of a podcast. You're welcome. Realize these books are far in the show's rear view, but he is mainly asking about how we feel looking back now." at uh the references and stuff that the Thrawn trilogy in particular has to the movies because at the time when we did those podcasts we were kind of complaining about yeah. that as like uh everything just references back to like oh remember that time i tied my shoe like i did yeah. at indoor well, uh but what john's asking is mm-hmm. even if they stick out like a sore thumb now did they help uh you the first time you read you read them to kind of get a sense of what's going on and tie you back into the story I mean, I think we even had that discussion when we were reading it that like Star Wars was not what it is today when those when these books came out. So I understand the need or desire for those type of references. Um, They they don't age as well because like of how crazy like the resurgence Star Wars has had since those days and everything else. But so they do. They are kind of eye rolling or they do make my eyes roll a bit when I read them now. But it's like, eh, I, I, I can't hold that against Timothy Zahn. Like he was. You know, yeah, good to get people involved, engaged. Sorry, in these new stories. Like my kind of position at the time, I think, and I I think I still mostly agree with myself on this, was that uh, for some of the weaker Star Wars stories, it made more sense because they needed that bridge. But for stuff like the Thrawn trilogy or X Wing, which do themselves feel very Star Warsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, or what you'd expect from a Star Wars story, uh, I think it's kind of unnecessary, and mm-hmm. that's what made them stick out as much as they did in that. Because like we're we're already with you, dude. You don't need to keep. Yeah, doing exactly. This. Uh, exactly. But that was kind of my thing. And he also asked, "Do you have a copy of The Last Command that features a weird typo?" Mm, Mine that. opens yeah. with the line, "Wedge's boy rose <laughs> instead of Bobby," and maybe my original copy did. I w- I really thought yeah. I had my original Thrawn Hopefully trilogy copies mine. after I moved, but I. I ended up having to buy some new copies uh, a couple years back, and because like when I was moving, mm-hmm. uh, like when my parents lost the house, a, a bunch of boxes of books were like left around, and uh, there are a few things that I still can't locate. So I don't know if I have them. Maybe I have that copy. I'll check if I'm ever able to find it. But um, okay, so thank you very much for that email. Next up, we have Stephen, uh, who asks, "What did we think about the Jedi Strike Force getting killed off so unceremoniously?" Especially Johan. Uh, gets a lot of book time. Uh, then on a related note, after Johan died, there's no one left who knew the rule of two. This is a question that I've seen online as well. So how did the Jedi know about this in the prequels? Because, um, yeah, how did the... Because we do get a reference to the rule of two in Phantom Menace, because Yoda says always two there are a master and an apprentice. I don't know what the lore reason is. I guess they just found out along the way. Yeah, um, there's a thousand years between this and the prequels, and we leave off even rule of two with the, Jef- the Jafedi with the Jedi definitively knowing that the Sith are still mm-hmm. around. So there's a lot of time for them to learn uh, 
a couple things, little bits and pieces. Well, at the end of the rule of two, they think the Jedi or the Sith are dead, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Well, they they think that from that encounter, but then like the the idea is sort of that there's all these Mm -hmm. little inklings that they kind of Mm -hmm. they find. And even if this trail ends up dead and they get yep. away because of what Santa did here, uh, how long that kind of holds up where people think this one guy yep. murdered their entire strike force, they might find out who he actually was or someone could identify mm-hmm. him as like, oh, no, that's the guy that was in the library. Uh, Jedi there's are a lot of ways that can kind of arrogant, though, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- but, I think you are right. And I think we covered the other question about the unceremonious deaths. Do you have any more yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, no, Rip Farfalla. Uh, mm. yeah. You're a real one. I don't know. This is an interesting one. If you could rank each of the main post-Endor Del Rey Star Wars series from best to worst, NJO, LO, uh, Legacy of the Force, Fate of the Jedi, Darkness, what would your ranking be? So Del Rey, uh, so NJO on? Yeah. What would... For me, it's I think like... I know... I think I... Can I guess yours? Yes. Worst... Worst to best, I'll do. Okay. Dark Nest. Yes. So, uh, you seem weirdly attached to Fate of the Jedi. Is I'm Legacy not. of the Force? I, I like it, not? but Legacy, Legacy of the Force, of the Force, is Force probably after my favorite. Darkness. Legacy of the Force. Oh, it's your favorite. So yeah, then, probably. Fate of the Jedi, NJO, Legacy of the Force. Uh, my ranking would probably be from best to worst. Uh, it's a, a Legacy of the Force and NJO are so different, and I haven't done a full read-through of NJO, so I'm just going to call them a tie, then Fate of the Jedi, then Darkness. What about you? Uh, mine might actually be in chronological order. Okay. NJO, I think... NJO, to me, is kind of my... Like, that's my favorite mm-hmm. kind of era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, Jason's story as a whole is what yeah, I really like, and then... Uh, so NJO, then Legacy of the Force, then Dark Nest, then Fate of the Jedi. So switching and switching Legacy mm-hmm. of the Force and Dark Nest chronologically. But that, that was from Fate Asher, the by the way. Kind of weird. So thank you for the email. So you, you're not a big Fate of the Jedi guy. Uh, like whenever I try to think of stuff that happened in it, I just pictured like Noodley Avaloth. Maybe once I reread it, it'll stick with me more. But I just there's. Mm weird stuff and then the overall plot wasn't something that i was i just feel like those books waste so much time because there's a lot of just like this family went to the zoo today or like it's just it could be it could probably be four books but uh anyway um so that's that was from uh that was from asher thank you very much um anthony says he asks about humanizing big baddies like Vader and Kylo, um, but it feels like in the new Disney era Star Wars, and I agree with this, there has been an effort to humanize more of the traditionally faceless bad guys uh, who are mostly as cannon fodder through books, comics, video games. I guess the example of that would be like the characters from Battlefront 2, or there's you know there's been plenty of other works in that era. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on giving these characters stories and delving into their motivations, and how well do you think that's been done? I think it's definitely been done better than some of the... Like, it's been done more 
I'm not going to say better because mm-hmm. it's not something they were trying to do initially. Because yeah. when you get into like 90s media, especially, it was very Monster of the Week, or, but it was Warlord of the Week instead, mm-hmm. uh, where there were a lot of shows, a lot of books, uh, especially when you get into a series that's kind of establishing what it means to do this kind of thing, like Star Wars was. So emulating what you'd see in a lot of TV series that were coming out in similar frequency yeah. isn't really unexpected or a bad thing. Uh, just there wasn't that same focus on developing the villains it was just supposed to be this bad guy comes along our heroes who we know in some capacity go and beat them and the focus wasn't on the villains but i think in the movies there was the focus on vader and trying to make him a bit more humanized already yeah Uh, and then slowly that made its way more into the books with or into books in general Mm -hmm. uh that followed this kind of uh formula and so I, I think it's definitely done more, if not necessarily better than before. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree with that. Um, so thank you, Anthony, for that question, and Corey for answering that for both of us. Uh, do you want to read Ryan's next? Uh, yeah, so Ryan has a totally legitimate suggestion, and he thanks us for letting him know about uh Isart's eyes and how they reflect the duality of her personality i'd have oh shit did you ever pick up on that no i think i remember reading it and including maybe something in my notes i had to go back and double check though but no i don't think i saw that because they were brown both of her eyes were no brown. i think i think i remember them being different shades of fire so red and orange maybe right yeah because they yeah. were they were a very close similar color but mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly the same right yeah uh once you get to njo she totally get captain shack to be your co-host uh, we have uh, run the idea by Shaq of having him on the podcast, and he's up for it at some point. I think he said uh, it's just coordination and figuring out what book he'd be able to come on for because mm-hmm. he doesn't uh, read that many Star Wars books, so we wouldn't want to like drop him into NJO and be like, hey, <laughs> backstory. Yeah, here's 30 books you've got to read beforehand and strap in because we're doing 19 now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully some someday we'll get Shaq on. If not, we've got other stuff that... Uh, he'll be on some of the squadron streams and stuff. So there will be Shaq mm-hmm. with us in something, but we're not sure exactly what yet. Um, so the next question is from Joel, who asks whether the Sith would have been better off having a public face like Mass Amida as Chancellor while ruling from the shadows. And I think that may have been better, but it's just like, that's not what Palpatine wanted. Like, he just wanted to be like big nuts, plop him on the table, I'm Emperor. I've got power, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably would have been better because it would have given them, like, you know, always better to have an extra layer of protection, but... Yeah. I, unless I, it's a... Never mind. I'm just, never mind. No, that. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I was, was going to say, don't double up on your condoms, but... I regret asking you to, to finish that sentence. Uh, But... Yeah, like I, I kind of talked about this in my video about um, the rule of two being kind of bad, and in the first Bane book, where like, yeah, if you want to go secrecy, stay with the secrecy thing, and maybe do it a little bit better than you have been, mm-hmm. uh, but don't be like rule of two, and then immediately take over the galaxy. There's still two of you. Didn't didn't work out too well for them. Yeah. Um. The next one comes from Jack, who says, who asks whether the Darth was known among uh, the average citizen of the galaxy. 
because it seems like people in the uh galaxy don't really know what it means and i I don't know that's like one of those like little details like that i can never keep track of like when people know when darth vader was anakin all those things it feels like it changes a bit i'm gonna assume yeah some people did but most probably didn't understand the significance well there are thousands of years before let's talk up like let's just assume we kind of mean in the original trilogy Mm -hmm. or post endor prequel yeah. that kind of time period where like thousands of years in the past the sith were a very common thing a lot of darths flying around mm-hmm. and it is kind of a title and like even jedi stuff for most of the galaxy is this obscure weird order of monks that they don't engage with very much the force doesn't play a big part in their lives a lot of people may not believe in it or haven't been exposed to it uh so uh it's just like titles within a religious order of some kind so imagine if you uh lived in a part of the world that was somehow not exposed to the Catholic church, uh, but you were aware of what it was and that it was a big deal in the past. Mm -hmm. And then you knew what the title of like Pope was where maybe you understand that this is like the leader of that religious grouping, but you don't really know or care too much about the connotations. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of, would be that kind of situation. Yeah. Yep. Um, the next final, uh, the final question is another one from Justin. He says, "Hey, back again." Yes, he is. Uh, do you think at any time after the rule of two was created that the two Sith got separated from each other? Um, believe they were dead and went on to each take on an apprentice. Interestingly, on that point, I don't think we really know a whole lot about that one thousand years. Really, um, I'd say the most no. we get is probably from Plagueis. Um, well, there's the there's the song. You've heard the song, right? Which song is that? You know Darth Bane and Xana and Cognus and Millennial, Ramage and Gaian and Gravid and Tenebris. Tenebris's unknown master, master. who was also Unnamed a Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> Plagueis, the best Sith Lord. Uh, that's good. Um, also... Second, so Bane clearly ignored the possibility that if there are only two Siths, uh, whether... And, and this is a good point. If both Sith die, especially if it's just some bullshit, like they die in space, like you're kind of shit out of luck. Yeah, like this this happens a lot. Or this almost happens a lot. And for mm-hmm. the first part, it, they don't even have to be separated. They all take friggin' apprentices and acolytes. Like it happens all the time. In the next book, they take Cognus mm-hmm. and Sedharth and they're all still alive and then you have venomous like no they no one gives a fuck about the rule of two it's just mm-hmm. the rule of small amounts it's like that, how much can you bend it while still technically <laughs> following yeah. it but uh like bane and xana could easily have both been killed on tython uh bane and xana could easily have been killed off doing other stuff mm-hmm. Uh, Plagueis is almost killed in the explosion when Tenebris dies, and I yep. think Venomous... Is it Tenebris or... No, I think it is. I think it's Tenebris. Yeah, in the mine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they all... This happens a lot. And when they're... When the natural expected way for their relationship to end is one of them killing the other, but no right. one else is supposed to know they're both alive, like, when you have yeah. duels, you usually have a medic on hand standing and turning <laughs> the other direction so that... <laughs> Yeah, what do they Ideally, say about no the winner of a knife fight is the one who dies out at the hospital instead of on the street? <laughs> yeah, like, the, it's not a safe profession. The fact that it lasted a thousand years 
and they didn't just die out because they limited themselves to the two like mm-hmm. a shuttle malfunction an explosion like there were so many ways for this order to not make it mm-hmm. a thousand years Plagueis gets almost assassinated just barely protected by palpatine his jaw ripped off not good yeah that's a that's a great point um third unrelated to this book what do you think would have been popular starfighters to put together into uglies during and immediately following the clone wars or do you think uglies are not really a thing until the galactic civil war i mean uglies were a thing forever um just you know if you had only got parts to build something and i think anything that was in you know mass production like droid stuff would have been probably thrown on another starfighter yeah people um, were putting shit together like people do that with cars now you get the people who put like mm-hmm. a truck box on a honda civic and it looks terrible but they still do it for some reason people would do that with capital ships with just mm-hmm. every combination probably. that's his next question i'm trying to remember what are there any ugly capital ships i know that there are some like you often get mentions of capital ships being put together or different things i can't think of any Star specific Hawk. what's that starhawk yeah i guess that's pretty... I think that's as close as we really get. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that CR-90 that Wraith Squadron uses is kind of... Yeah. A... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, I, I know there are other occasions where they talk about ships, like, using parts from other ones, but I can't think of any specifically right now. If anyone can think of any in the chat, feel free to let us know. I think that's it, though. We haven't had too many questions related to the book. Are there any that you, you were spotting? I see one from... Um, Cade says, "What ships were in use by the Republic at this time? Is it pre-Rusan Reformation? Post this is this book takes place during and after the Rusan Re- before, during, and after the Rusan Reformations. Yeah, and they um, were still using the Kotor era ships. Yeah, so yeah, there were some other new ones, but they were still using a lot of the ones that were like thousands of years old. Oh yeah, Rebel uh, One would be a good example of. It's kind of like yeah. an ugly. It's pretty much just a. I don't know if they intended it, but it looks like." A, um, a providence with a um it's a providence with recusant engines. engines yeah okay yeah i think it is that is what it is and then okay. it's got the fins from something yeah but they, they're just there to look cool yeah um i don't think that's I'm it seeing too much about it other than like stuff that's going to come up in the next yeah. book uh we haven't done dark saber yet that could be soon but yeah i think that's Loki says too. I will just say the Darth Bane trilogy, both the written and audiobook, voiced by Jonathan Davis, are true works of art. I will say the uh, the audiobook is really well done. Jonathan Davis does the uh, narration for all three. He's one of the the really really good, uh, good narrators. So if you guys want to listen to an audiobook, or if you want to read this these books, they are fully unabridged on Audible, which is kind of rare, and you can rent audiobooks from your library as well. Pretty much my favorite way to listen to books and I will be listening to Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising Star Wars book one on audiobook as well it's like 14 hours long so it's a bit longer Um, I'm looking forward to it Uh, but yeah that's that's it alright guys thank you so much for watching we will be streaming some Burial Cart over on X2 uh, in about 35 minutes at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to check that out, you can go to youtube.com slash x2 search beer and Mario Kart and it will come up. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. Anything you want to end with, Corey? Uh, no. 
just do that thing you said. I already, I already ended the week. stream. Uh, so thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm still recording, Justin. So this is going up on my channel. And Shit. this part is going to be in it. So it's not that's all about you. That's embarrassing. It is embarrassing for you. And now everyone knows how you treat me. End it, please. Please let me go. I did. I, did. <laughs> I need to be free of this pain. <laughs>